everybody. Here we go! Off to Neverland! Welcome to Detour to Neverland! Just a little bit of pixie dust. Where we interview Disneyers to discover unique ways to express your love for Disney. Think of the happiest thing. Now here's your host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. With us today is Chad, who is the one-man band over at 100 Acre Hood. If you guys are not familiar with 100 Acre Hood, they have some of the most unique and coolest Disney apparel that you'll find out there. So Chad, thank you so much for joining us today. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself and also tell somebody who's not as familiar with the hood kind of what you guys are all about. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Uh, it's uh, Happy to be here. Pleasure to be here. So like you said, my name's Chad. I run 100 Acre Hood. We are an apparel and lifestyle co- lifestyle company um, inspired by Disney, Disney theme parks, Disney culture, um, and we kind of bring more of an urban streetwear twist to it. Um, you know, we still got the same happy themes that you want to see, but we keep it a little uh, a little more to the streets, if, if that makes sense. So first off, Hundred Acre Hood, very catching name, very clever name. How, how did you come up with that? Um, you know, it's actually funny. It's a name that my brother and I have been messing around with for probably four or five years now. We, we just started the brand last, last October, but, uh, originally we learned about some of those Disney social clubs that hang around in Disneyland, you know, like gangs as people might call them, but they're, you know, social clubs. And we wanted to start that kind of culture in Disney world, but we weren't locals at the time and we never really got around to it. Um, time went on and then we started listening to some podcasts and, uh, we were like, oh, we should start a Disney pod- podcast. Let's call it the 100 Acre Hood. And then that never happened. And then finally when we started the brand, we were like, all right, got it. This is this is where it's going. Um, but the meaning behind the name, you know, obviously it's a reference to Winnie the Pooh, the 100 Acre Wood. But we wanted something that represented what the brand was about, being more streetwear, more urban. We thought Hood kind of described that. Um, we're also a very punny brand. So that was like a perfect way to add like a little play on words to the actual name. So you kind of get what we're about with the double hitter there right off the bat. And then also, you know, the third thing about it is hood kind of represents community. You know, we, re- we, uh, we refer to the, the, you know, the followers, the fans, the supporters as, uh, the hood, we are the hood as the brand, um, the hundred acre hood is kind of wherever you live, wherever you reside, and mostly, you know, in the Disney parks. That's the 100-acre hood. Come on down. Everybody's welcome kind of deal. Good deal. So when you decided to start, um, you know, this apparel company, why Disney? Why, what attracted you to, you know, specializing in Disney parks and, and all everything that goes along with that? Oh, man. Yeah, that's easy for me. That's just straight-up passion. Um, I've been a Disney pass holder literally since I was old enough to have a pass. Uh I was born in the 80s, and I've literally been a pass holder every single year up until now. Uh, I grew up going with my family a few times a year, and then, you know, that just grew, and I started going by myself with my buddies. Um, It's always just kind of been this, like, main passion, this creative drive that keeps me going through a lot of what I do in life, a lot of what I do in my career. Um, My love for Disney has just grown so much over the years for so many different reasons. Um, It's something near and dear to me. And it's just fun. You know, in the end of the day, it's, you know, like I was saying about like Disney's 100 Acre Hood, it's like home. You know, you can always come back to it. So it's always there. It's welcoming. It's it's just part of me. It's it's a it's a part of my childhood that will never leave me, basically. 
Good deal. So I want to talk a little bit. You mentioned a little bit about you guys, your guys' style. It's so unique. You kind of, like you said, to use your words, a little bit of an urban twist on it. And so it's not your typical, you know, Etsy pop-up shop, someone screen printing. I mean, it looks like all of your designs are very intentional um, and very, you know, go along with the overall theme of the hood. So how do you kind of draw inspiration when you're coming up with new designs or coming up with new products that you want to put out there? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so I'm actually, I'm a fashion designer by trade. I've been designing professionally um, since 2008. So I think my approach to products uh, isn't so much always just like an idea for design, but more an overall concept for a piece. Um, I think one thing we do really well is we apply design to the right garment. Um, for example, like our Rolls Royce Roger Rabbit hoodie, we put that on a, uh, a uh, cropped yellow hoodie for women, which I don't know, it just fit the product perfectly. And that's half what, you know, helped it sell through. If we just put it on a regular t-shirt, I don't think it would have had the same results. Um, but I guess from a design standpoint, we try to hit things um, on two notes. We want a lot of our stuff, like I said, is puns or mashups between musicians or bands or other brands. So we try to bring in, you know, some sort of uh, emotion from one and then from the other so we can hit you with the double connection. So when you get both of the references and they both make sense to you and you're passionate about both of them, it just kind of hits you. And I know you guys have an awesome vintage shop as well. So without giving away any of your, uh, you know, business secrets or anything like that, but kind of what <laughs> kind of items do you look for to put into that section of your business? Yeah. So I'm a lifelong Disney vintage collector. I've been collecting stuff since I was like 13 years old. Um, and I look for stuff that I really like. It's all curated by me. Basically I scour the globe looking for this stuff. So what I like is some of the, uh, like the extinct attractions. Um, I got like in my personal collection, I got a body war shirt, alien encounters, things that you didn't even know had merch. Um, I got an original Disneyland opening weekend, um, Captain EO shirt. So I look for the things that are really rare. Um, I really like the resort stuff, like the hotel stuff. If it's extinct, I'm all over it. Uh, I look for primarily things from the seventies, eighties and nineties. The nineties is kind of my jam. That's like the era that I grew up. So a lot of that stuff has a lot of nostalgia for me and I think a lot of people that uh, get down with our brand. But I just like the things that I've never seen before. And if that's the case, if I've never seen it, I pick it up. So I know and anybody who follows you on Instagram is probably aware of this as well. But you recently went through a move, moving to Orlando. Kind of what yeah. sparked that move and, and what made you want to be close to the parks? Uh, <laughs> it's, honestly, it's kind of a selfish reason. I mean, it's not selfish. It's just, you know. I'm paying homage to uh, 12 year old Chad. If I could go back in time and tell 12 year old Chad that one day you will have the opportunity to live in Disney World, literally, and make awesome Disney inspired, hip hop inspired, punk inspired clothing, and that can be your life, I mean, he wouldn't have believed it. So, literally, it's, you know, this brand grew far bigger than I ever thought it would. Um, and I was, you know, I had this opportunity. I said, hey, you know, I'm self-employed. I can uproot and just move down to the parks and live my life there. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in you only live once. So let's do it. Why not? Let's take that leap and have some fun for a year. Yeah, and it seems like you've really capitalized on the 
the ability to go to the park so often of building that social club and, and building the following of and meeting up with people in the parks who are wearing the gear and, mm-hmm. you know, and really embracing the full lifestyle of it. Yeah, that's, that's all important to me. Um, you know, I'm all about the community. I like meeting new people, you know, the greatest feeling in the world for any sort of artist or designer or anything in that aspect, um, is seeing someone else appreciate your stuff. So when I get to go to the parks and I see someone wearing hundred acre hood gear, I mean, that it means the world to me. It's, Everything just like kind of comes together and it all makes sense why I do what I do. You're creating all kinds of different apparel now. Kind of what's the evolution of 100 Acre Hood? Where would you like to see it go? Kind of, you know, are you happy with where you're at right now? Or kind of what are the things that you want to roll out to really take you to another level? Uh, you know, that's a loaded question. I obviously have like my dreams of what I would love to do in a perfect world. Um, I can't share too many of them because... There are things that we're actively working on right now. Yeah. Um, but honestly, you know, I'm as happy as can be right now. Like it's it's growing every day. I'm having fun. Uh, I think the people that are rocking the gear are having a great time too, following along and wearing the gear, being part of the hood. Um, but I know that one thing we're trying to do in the immediate future is uh, some new events, um, engaging with the community a little bit more, getting out there, meeting other awesome rad Diz nerds like myself. You know, we got some pop-up shops coming up. We're throwing a big Hood Bash mega event, I think, in February that we haven't even announced yet. So Loki announcing that here. <laughs> um, you know, we're working on some things like some camping events at Fort Wilderness that, you know, we're going to provide for. And then, uh, you know, some boat trips out on the Seven Seas Lagoon, things like that. Just more engagement, meeting new people, uh, letting the brand grow organically. You know, we don't try to force it or anything. We're just having fun making the stuff we want to make. And, uh, you know, every, every day is amazing watching, watching what happens here. So just more of that, more of what's going on now, but on a much bigger scale. Good deal. And so I know the way that I was first introduced to hundred acre hood was actually through Instagram. And I'm sure that's how a lot of people come across your brand. Can you talk a little bit about your approach to using Instagram as a platform? I know you're very personable on there and, and kind of use yourself as the brand as well, doing, um, live streams and, and, you know, everything that goes along with that kind of what's your approach to giving the hood a you know a home on instagram yeah you know honestly instagram is everything for a brand like mine um and it's it's kind of a funny thing because i'm not really an active instagram user uh you know i haven't posted on my personal since february um i look at it maybe you know once every two months or so but um when i originally started the brand i actually didn't want to be part of it at all i wanted to be behind the scenes and let you know the product speak for itself um which i think it still does but one day i posted something of myself i don't even remember oh you know what it was i was talking about sneakers and i got so much positive feedback from it and the engagement just like blasted through the roof and then i tried it again and again, and I just learned that the more I showed myself and my passion for what I do, the more people believe in what I do, because that's really, you know, the brand is an extension of me. I create all the designs like this is all just coming from me. Um, so I think people really enjoy being able to tie, you know, the brand to a face and a personality and see where it all comes from. And it's really cool that people respect that and people you know, enjoy seeing my stupid face every day. <laughs> and if you don't, I'm sorry, but I'm having a great time doing it. Um, But I think the most important thing when it comes to Instagram, kind of touching on what I just said, is that you stay true to yourself. Instagram is best used if you don't use it for your own vanity and if you just use it as an extension of yourself. And if people like what they see, they're going to follow along. But, uh, you know, do it for the right reasons. Be yourself on there. 
and uh, just have a good time and show your true colors, you know, be passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, amazing advice. I think we covered some really great topics in that first segment. So the next thing I want to run through is our lightning round. And from there, we'll just throw out some Disney topics. If you can share kind of the first thing that comes to your mind, people can know your uh, Disney fandom a little bit better. I love it. Good deal. So the first one is just an easy one. Name the Disney parks that you visited. Okay, so obviously uh, Disney World. I've been to all four, Magic, Epcot, Animal, and uh, MGM. I still call them GM. Uh, I've been to Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. Um, I've been to Disneyland and California Adventure, and that is it, only stateside. And which one's your favorite and why? I Okay, loaded question. My favorite <laughs> of all time is 90s MGM, but my favorite right now is Epcot because it's. I really like to take walks, and I can walk around Epcot all day long. So we'll skip down. One of the questions that we'll ask is your favorite rider attraction. So you can answer that present day. And then I also want to hear your favorite rider attraction from 90s MGM. Oh, yeah. From 90s MGM? Yeah. Oh, well, all those rides have stayed the same. But uh, except for Catastrophe Canyon, that one's gone. So that's got to be my favorite 90s MGM ride. Actually, take that back. Great movie ride. It's no longer with us. Yeah. Great movie ride. has to be. Uh, But my favorite ride now is the People Mover. Good deal. Next would be a Disney bucket list trip. Uh, Tokyo, for sure. And your favorite Disney resort? Animal Kingdom Lodge. Best theming, best food. And are you finding, I know you've only been in Orlando for a short time, are you finding that you're spending a lot of time going to the resorts, eating at you know resort properties instead of heading into the parks? Yeah, I definitely am. Um, I love, actually, you know where I find myself the most is probably Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. I go to the hotels a lot. That's part of what I'm doing here is I want to spend more time doing some more of the recreational activities and doing the hotel activities, staying at all the resorts. I stayed at all except for one. That's Grand Floridian. But I'm definitely at uh, Disney Springs more than anywhere else on, on property right now. And how has kind of your approach changed? I know you've been a pass holder for a long time, but how since you're a local now, has your approach changed where you're not really willing to wait in as long lines for a different attraction or kind of how has your approach changed since you since you moved in there? Yeah, it's completely changed. Um, I really only go for about an hour and a half, like for an hour and a half before closing. Uh, the weather's cooler at night, as everyone knows in Florida. There's less crowds. You get to see the fireworks usually. Uh, and honestly, like if I only hit one ride, if I don't hit any rides, I'm happy. Just hanging around, going to my favorite places, grabbing a drink, going to the shops, people watching, hanging out with good folks. But it's way more leisurely these days when you're a local. Uh, you don't get mad if you don't get on your favorite ride because you can just go back the next day. Um, you don't have to rush around. You know, you don't really have to park hop or anything. It's it's just very chill, very lax. It feels like home instead of feeling like a visit to the theme park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually listening to a podcast, a different podcast earlier, and they were talking about what it was like to be a local mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World. And there, one guy said the perfect day for him is to go grab a bucket of popcorn, go sit at the chairs at Casey's Corner, and just watch people walk down Main Street, watch them, you know, <laughs> take it in the castle. And I thought that is just such a, a change in mindset. Whereas for people like me, where I'm actually making a, a concerted effort to go down to Orlando. I would never dream of doing that, but I but I can appreciate <laughs> that locals can, can do things like that. Yeah, he hit the nail on the head there. Honestly, one of my favorite things to do is I grab a coffee from Starbucks on Main Street, and I sit at those yellow tables behind the ice cream shop right there on Main Street, mm-hmm. across from Casey's, and uh, 
yeah, just uh, enjoy, enjoy the day. People watch. Good deal. So next would be your favorite snack or your go-to snack. Uh, my favorite snack. I'm a classic man. I don't get it all the time. I probably get it maybe three times a year, but it's the turkey leg, and that's the reason I don't get it too much because I can't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Next would be your favorite restaurant. Uh, Chico, the cooking place at Animal Kingdom Lodge. So you said Animal Kingdom Lodge is your favorite, and you mentioned the food. So can you run through a quick ranking of the Animal Kingdom Lodge restaurants? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, oh, it's so hard because they're all good for different things. So Chico, the cooking place, is kind of their more upscale table service restaurant. It's incredible. They have, like, exotic steaks and, like, this truffle mac and cheese. It's just, it's just awesome. Really nice experience, nice vibe. And they take passholder discounts. Um, which is like 20% off, which is huge at a place like that. Uh, Boma Flavors of Africa is, in my opinion, the best breakfast on property. It has this huge, extensive buffet, but then they also have, you know, regional fare from, you know, India and Africa and all this other really good stuff that you wouldn't normally get at other resorts. And then Sanaa is amazing after the parks. Their late night bread service and a cocktail is the ultimate way to end a night in Disney World. I, I feel like it's Sanaa and bread service are pretty much just synonymous now that, that everybody, if you exactly. mention Sanaa, you got to mention the bread service. Exactly. And what's fun is that you can actually get it at Nomad Lounge in Animal Kingdom too. Yeah. I've, uh, I recently heard that tip. I did not know that before. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that on our next trip. Heck yeah. So next would be your favorite Disney movie. Oh God, that's so loaded. Um, <laughs> Are we talking DCOMs, live action, animated, classics, Pixar, all of them? However you want to divvy it up. All right. Okay. Uh, classic, Lion King. Um, B-list classic, Goofy Movie. DCOM, Brink, live action, Mighty Ducks, musical Newsies. Man. What about Pixar? Oh, Pixar, Wally. Good deal. I mean, there's some underrated gems in there. That's a... Uh... That's a very yeah. well thought out list. <laughs> I thought about this once or twice. <laughs> Good deal. Next would be your favorite Disney song. Oh man! Wow, that's really tough. Make a, uh, I'll make a man out of you from Mulan is awesome. I can go the distance. Uh, you got a friend in me. Um, yeah, there's so many, so many. But those are some of my favorites right there. Next would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. Probably, if you can dream it, you can do it. I mean, I know it's simple. Maybe it's a cop-out, but, like, I live my life like that. You know, if you can dream it, you can do it. You just got to go do it. And last one of the lightning round is your favorite Disney movie. Or, sorry, favorite Disney memory. Oh, okay. Um, all right, I got it. That's easy. When I was, like, I don't know, maybe 11 years old... My parents, they woke us all up for school that morning. It was me. I have an older brother and a little sister. And they woke me up really early. And I was so confused why because my brother had to get up earlier than I did. Um, and, you know, the, the morning carried on as usual. They made us breakfast, took a shower, got dressed for school, packed my backpack. And we all got to the front door. They said they had meetings and they had to take us all at the same time. And then they go, all right, everyone who packs a suitcase in the next 10 minutes is going to Disney World right now. And this is like a Wednesday, like a Wednesday morning. And we literally freaked out. We all did that thing where, like, you run so fast, you start peeling out, like, you can't catch ground. Um, we all packed our bags, hopped in the car, and then they made it a secret about where we were staying. 
Um, and then they made us close our eyes and we pulled in. We were staying at the Polynesian, which is our favorite hotel at the time. And it was just one of those classic memories that, you know, honestly, not a day to the parks goes by that I don't think about that. Good deal. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's a, that's an amazing story. I feel like uh, that's kind of like a parent's dream to be able to set that up and, and kind of see yeah. the expressions on their children's faces when they realize that's what's going on. That's literally like my only goal in life is to do that one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal. So something that we haven't asked other guests on our lightning round, but that's something I wanted to ask you since you've kind of grew up in the parks and got to um, – experienced them over the years and especially because you have um this affliction towards uh like you mentioned you still call it mgm studios and the vintage gear and everything so kind of what are your thoughts on the current states current state of the walt disney world resort do you think how are they teetering that line of between nostalgia and, and progression you know, I think one of the, the best quotes I've heard is that Disney World isn't a museum. It's a theme park. So, you know, I really respect that. You got to grow. You got to pivot. You got to, you know, you got to chase what's going on. Um, obviously, I'm really sad to see a lot of my favorite attractions go over the years. Great movie ride, Horizons, what have you. Even some things that I just don't think have changed for the better. You know, Figment, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, Disney has never disappointed me in anything they added. So even if I don't 100%, you know like have a crazy passion for whatever it is they're bringing in, I know that I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge Avatar fan. I thought it was a cool movie, but I don't, you know, subscribe to it like on a daily basis. Um, and that's, you know, probably one of the best things that Disney has going right now in the parks. So I welcome whatever they're going to bring. I know that they bring it at a level that nobody in the world else can. Um, and I love it. You know, I, I love every single thing about it. I'm not the biggest Marvel guy. I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy. I appreciate them. And I'm just as excited as the next guy to see, you know, how this stuff rolls out in the future. It's, they can do no wrong by me unless they close down for good. It's interesting. I have very similar thoughts that I feel like a, a good life lesson is to not just blindly trust something or have blind faith in something. But it, when it comes to Disney parks, I, that's the sentiment I have that until they do me wrong and until, you know, they open up something and I'm like, this is a huge bust then I'm just going to blindly follow them and, and trust what they're, what they're doing. That's exactly it. You know, we'll be honest, like they have their follies. Um, there's some attractions that don't get great reviews that didn't last long. Things that have just been kind of, you know, teetering, waiting for something to happen. But, uh, you know, we, we, we got, we got some faith. Yeah, absolutely. So, one of our last questions is something that we ask all of our guests, and it's just kind of if if some if a listener's out there and they're looking for the best way that they can express their love for Disney or their obsession with Disney or their passion for Disney, and maybe they're thinking about opening up a t-shirt shop or starting a blog or starting a podcast or anything like that, kind of what is your piece of guidance to that person? Do it for you. Make the stuff that you want to make. Don't worry about other people. Obviously, listen to you know, uh, what your community is saying to you, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt, believe in what you're doing and do it because you want to do it. You know, like I was saying earlier about your Instagram is if it's an extension of yourself, it'll be a lot, you know, more well-received. Just keep it real. Keep it you. Don't let the haters bother you. Just keep on the up and up and just be positive and passionate and humble and work. Yeah. Work your butt off. Yeah, I think that's amazing advice, and I think, um, you know, I think of Hundred Acre Hood as a good example of you guys were a little bit cutting edge, where there weren't too many shops doing the same thing as you, maybe with a little bit more of a 
urban or, or, or grungier twist on some of the, the apparel. So I'm sure there are people out there who it doesn't, you know, rub them the right way, but you guys have really stuck with it, built uh, an entire following around it. Um, and, and ultimately now it's, it's paying off and, and you've found your people and, and who the people are that you connect with. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. You're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, it's what we strive to do. We're, we're exactly where we want to be and then some right now. And it continues to grow every day. You know, it's you don't have to be a certain person to like the brand. You know, as long as you just like having fun and, and you like cool designs and, you know, it's everybody's in everybody's in the hundred acre hood. Well, Chad, thank you so much for joining us today. I think I speak for all of our listeners and just giving you mad props um, oh, for your brand. It's, it's really, you know, like you said, you created this hood and it's really a, a haven for for Disney fans. So um, it's great to follow along your story. Um, is there anything else that you would want to share with the listeners before we head out? I love Disney World. <laughs> Good deal. Couldn't say it better myself. Well, everybody, make sure you head over to 100acrehood.com. Also, follow the brand along on 100acrehood Co. on Instagram. Check out the apparel. Check out what new things Chad is going to be rolling out down the road. So, Chad, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Visit our website at DetourToNeverland.com to catch up on the blog. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. Have a great day.